The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. stars. Welcome. This is Sharita Star. It's the Sharita Star and Power Hour. Thank you for being here. And good day, good morning, good evening, good afternoon. Wherever you're listening from in the world, on Mind, Body, Spirit, FM, to the Sharita Star and Power Hour, it's time once again to get conscious, dear stars. Welcome to episode 31 and the 18th of 2023. The shocking truth about frequency and vibration. Feng Shui practitioner Amanda Gates, our very special guest today. And we're going to be diving into uh, answering the question, can puttering and the art of puttering actually save humanity at this severe time in our human history? Our last episode and the 17th for 2023 was tapping into the power of EFT, the emotional freedom technique. We learned how to free up the stagnant and stuck feelings, which a lot of people are having right now. We know we have anxiety zinging and zapping all over the planet. Uh, The alarm bells with people's emotions are all over the place, so we thought that was you know, definitely a um, helpful episode to, you know, introduce you to that. If you didn't know what EFT was already, now you do. And if you are, uh, and thank you for doing so, joining us today for the first time, that is, and you're feeling a little funky these days, definitely check out the previous episode to this Um That one was, you know, again, put into the go-to's. Um, I'm really trying to create a collection of episodes where, you know, you have these topics and you can just kind of go, go to it. Um, aside from, of course, you know, we do keep you up to date with current events and, uh, you know, the collective energy and, you know, obviously how, uh, the forecasting that we do provide can, uh, give you some heads up and awareness and just how to, you know, see what's going to be coming, in such a way that it's not a prediction, but that you understand what the energy will be like and, you know, just how to prepare accordingly. So, um, and we really wanted to get into this today because this whole art of puttering. <laughs> and, you know, sometimes what you've never been told is the best kept secret on the planet. And, uh, so we're, 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 we thought to bring, uh, you've, you've, for those of you who have listened, uh, and again, thank you so much for being a supporter of, of this podcast. Um, if you've been with us since its inception in July of 2022, and, and you've been, uh, on the journey with us, we are ever grateful and you will know today's special guest from earlier on this year. In fact, I do believe she was the first special guest that we had. 
Um, I had just been kind of grabbing a lot of go-to information all by my little lonesome. And um, so we decided to bring her on because she had published this most amazing book called Feng Shui for the Soul. Uh, and it is just a, a stellar read. Uh, she's She does, Amanda Gates does Feng Shui far differently than probably what most people uh, are ever accustomed to. Um, because, uh, of course, we know here in the West, our American ways of, you know, I always like to say the game of telephone has just kind of like, you know, just mismoshed things. They take all, you know, Americans love to do this. They take like an ancient, beautiful thing and they, and then they, they make it into something else, which is they're losing the, Again, it's like the game of telephone. You're you're missing the most important pieces of the information. And what I've always loved and appreciate about Amanda is that she, you know, has learned feng shui from real deal masters, and she has not changed the the formulas. She hasn't changed what their wisdom was into an American fit, um, kind of thing. And, and like the work that I do as well, you know, it's not a quick fix. It is, you know, you, you've got to be your, your, you know, your own consciousness and your own awareness has to do the work, you know, to, to go behind it. So, you know, what, one of the things that, you know, pe people, um, don't get enough thing. It's why we, we were originally going to call this episode, the art of puttering. And then we realized nobody's going to understand that. So we, we decided to pick the episode the title that we did. And, uh, but today we're going to be diving into exactly what the art of puttering needs to be and how that does bring us to a wonderful understanding about our own frequency and vibration. So it's a pleasure today to bring Amanda back to the show. She is a international speaker, teacher, author, and CEO and founder of Gates Interior Design. She believes through understanding the power of energy, everyone can live a more joyful existence. Living in harmony with your surroundings is easy. However, many have been conditioned to believe otherwise and haven't been shown how. Her company, Gates Interior Design, provides design that is energy aligned, helping homeowners and everyone in between to find more ohm for their homes. She helps them identify where energy kinks exist, remove the blockages, and shows them a more soulful approach to their spaces, all while creating extraordinary beauty. As she always says, beautiful energy is what creates a beautiful space. Amanda is also the founder of the online advanced course Feng Shui for the Soul, an intensive online program that teaches homeowners, healers, and coaches how to fearlessly embrace energy medicine and how to feel their way through spaces by heightening intuition, a process she always calls cultivating chi. Amanda's life philosophy is inspired by years of training in Tibetan Buddhism, ancient healing methods, feng shui, and shamanism. She is an avid yoga practitioner and believes that meditation will solve most of all life's problems. 
Born in Southern California and attending college in Northern California, she decided to move to Las Vegas, Nevada for a hot minute and then finally settled down in Nashville, Tennessee for the past 18 years. Her secret to life boils down to three things. Hug a tree and get to know nature, eat more ice cream and stop watching funny cat videos and get the cat. <laughs> preferably a black and white one, because they are the key to humility, patience, and a lot of ridiculous joy. Without further ado, it's such a pleasure, as always, to have the sagely wisdom of Amanda Gates back with us on the Sharita Star and Power Hour. Welcome back to the show, Amanda. We 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 need we need your your wisdom like we've never needed it before because we really need to know about this frequency and vibration and what's the shocking truth about how the art of puttering could possibly save humanity at this point. <laughs> well, thank you again for having me back on the show. It's always a pleasure. Always a pleasure to speak with you. And yeah, what the hell what the hell is up with this puttering? bullshit <laughs> <laughs> can we say that in the air i think so i i've heard it all on the air these days so i think we're safe with that one <laughs> oh, let's unwind friend. from all the bs and uh get down to brass tacks about the nature of things at this point right yeah i mean i think that um you know i, I think that the the biggest issue right now is that when we've talked about this, how we had a, a sublime opportunity to hit the reset button and the universe gave us this opportunity to stop. We were given permission to stop and it was a wake up call for us. And, and many of us, uh, missed it, uh, didn't pay attention. Uh, <laughs> you know, we kind Oh of my God. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was shocking to me how people didn't understand the awakening experience that I had always said. It was awakening the unexpected in 2020. And it was supposed to awaken things. And, and it, it, yeah, you're bang on that the memo got severely missed. And everybody wanted to rush back to the old norm. And, and I... That miffed me a lot. Um, but then again, we'll talk about how it's all by design <laughs> that things are um, <laughs> so programmed into what's going on today that, you know, unless you're be being very discerning, um, you're you're falling for it. And, and you're not you're you're not you didn't get what 2020 was trying to do, you know. I don't think they missed the memo. I think they wrote the memo down on a posty note and they've lost it. <laughs> uh, well, okay. I could agree with that. Although I, well, yeah, I agree with that. And, and I also would say, I think people, I think certain people def, definitely missed the memo. I, I, they didn't even pick up the phone. They didn't. I think that they, you know, a lot of people, um, you know, I can honestly say what, has been alarming to me is that I have heard my parents over the last decade, actually probably the last two decades, say multiple times to me, 
wow, we've never seen anything like this. And my parents are in their 70s. And so it's alarming to hear them say things like that, Um, you know, because they went through a fairly, you know, I mean, they did live through the 60s and we had some very turbulent times. And and I, I know that we're astrologically, we are repeating some of those things that we've seen in the past that were maybe started in the 60s, but you know, it, it does seem like there's definitely an acceleration um, of things that are occurring. But I think that a lot of people were getting worked up in a froth over 2020 of panic and frenetic energy that was not serving them instead of taking a step back and going, wow, this is giving me the opportunity to see the woes of my ways and how I got really uh, sucked up in the tornado of busy and how I kind of went with the herd of, you know, I can't be lazy. I've got to be productive. It's go, go, go. And I am considered less than and less worthy if my schedule is not packed because that's really Mm -hmm. how our culture sees it is if you're not go, go, go busy, 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 um, there's something wrong with you. Yeah. And I actually have had people text me say, oh my gosh, I know you're so busy, but, and it's like, no, you are a very dear friend of mine. It's never that I don't have time for you. I may at this moment be in the middle of something, but I will never not get back to you. But that is what is indoctrined into our culture is that there's something wrong with you if you are moving at a slower pace, that you're not caught up in the, the frenzy, that you're not going, 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 busy, busy, busy. And the travesty of it is, is we've all, you know, our culture is, is really subscribed and gone in hook, line and sinker to this attitude. And the pandemic really gave us an opportunity to say, oh, maybe that's not the best way to do things. And I think some people did get the memo and change their ways. Other people lost the memo. And then there are a group of people that just completely missed it all together and got scared, frenetic, lonely. And it's hard for people like you and I to really understand or relate to that because we're loners, you know, but we're also of a generation, you know, uh, which we were talking about before the show is that we're this little sweet spot of a generation where Gen X where we didn't grow up with technology and we were, my God, my mother raised me to be independent. Yeah. Be self-sufficient. I I was telling you before the show, like my mom was a single mom. I used to, you know, she would go to work. She was a night nurse and I would be alone uh, from six 30 at night until seven the next morning at nine years old. And I saw nothing wrong with this. I was totally self-sufficient. I could cook dinner. I knew how to, you know, turn the lights off, lock the doors, do all the things that I'm supposed to do as a responsible adult. And I don't think we would see something like that today. Like, no, no, you wouldn't because they don't have, well, first and foremost, they don't have the discipline to, to do any of that. That's never been cultivated into them to have discipline period. I, 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 as an observer of, of people with children, I mean, not every child I know is like that, but a lot of them are, there's no discipline. And I see children running the parent's life versus 
the parents are in charge, which is the way it's supposed to be until further <laughs> maturing happens with the young being. So, yeah. They don't know how to, to be sufficient. And like, I know when I went off to college, you know, I knew how to run a household. I knew how to grocery shop. I knew how to do laundry. I knew how to manage a schedule. I knew how to do all those things. And yeah. you know, we're, we're this uh, group of individuals, this, this little, you know, micro uh, generation that uh, not a lot of people talk about, but we're very self-sufficient. And I think that we kind of took the memo and ran with it. We're like, hell yeah, this is, this is what we're supposed to be doing. And then I think a lot of the millennials and Gen Zers panicked because they're very community oriented and they do things together. They don't know how to do things individually and independently. And so rather than seeing it as a gift, they saw it as a detriment and they panicked. And I think that the travesty of really what has been produced, which a lot of this overproductivity has come from the industrial revolution of, you know, factory workers and, and trying to um, get the most production out of an individual for profit and yes. on, you know, profit for me, but not for you. Just work yourself to death so that I can profit. Um, but I think that one of the benefits to millennials and Gen Zers is that they are breaking up the paradigm in setting boundaries, which is what our generation is terrible at. Like one of the, the bad things about our generation is that we did subscribe to the fact of, okay, you know, we'll work ourselves to death and, and we'll be loyal and we're independent. So we're fantastic at self-starters and a lot of employers are terrible at giving you any kind of direction. And we'll just like take one or two uh, directions from an employer and we'll run with it. Whereas, you know, a millennial is like, no, 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 no. We want work-life balance and we want these things and we want gig work and, you know, we don't want to work for the man for nine to five. So there, there's definitely a balance that's occurring, but I can see even our ways infiltrating their generation as well. They're not handling it well. And that's why we're seeing so many issues with mental health. And thank God that's finally set, starting to come on the scene. Mm -hmm. and, and being addressed. Yeah. Yeah. And for the being, first time, yeah. I mean, that was like, that was something that we did not talk about in our day and age. Like if you went to therapy, there was something dramatically wrong with you. And at least now it's on the table. People are talking about it, but I think it, it, it's almost hip to go to a therapist now. I mean, you know what I mean? I, I, I mean, there's even apps on the phone. Like I, I see them advertised when I, you know, I do have ways that I do see advertising and I'm amazed that, well, of course they're not all changed with the pandemic, but now you have an app on your phone that you can do your therapy session on your phone, which I, I still have a problem with that. But it exists, and so now people are doing therapy on their phone, which I find to be, <laughs> that just tells you where we are with the technology dependency, but that's a whole other topic that we'll get into uh, before the hour is up. <laughs> yeah. I think that... Um... So before the Industrial Revolution, we lived very much in the time of, it, it was Confucian, Confucianism, 
Confucius was uh, a philosopher. Um, there were uh, people that followed the philosophy of uh, puttering and having, it was very um, seasonal, really following the, the patterns of season and nature. And then you had the Stoics that, you know, lived by the, the laws of um, nature and, uh, you know, putting forth kind of their own rules in place of, you know, this is how to be a, a godly person on earth or what have you. But you had philosophers and you had uh, people living with the ways of nature. And, and mm-hmm. I don't know if they would have used the word puttering, but it was uh, more in tune with the natural rhythms of life. And even before uh, electricity, you know, we had this thing called circadian rhythms. I, I would argue that a millennial doesn't even know what the hell that means. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Rhythm. Yeah. But then we, we have this, uh, revolution of, um, you know, Dale Carnegie and, uh, Rockefeller and, and all of these, um, large tycoons that get, uh, railroads underway and factories underway and mining underway and large masses of wealth start to come out of this. And what was invented, there was a scientist, it's called Taylorism. And this, I can't remember his first name, but the the Taylorism um, philosophy, this scientist basically went into a factory and determined that you can't have a man do 20 different things. You have to have a man do the same thing day in, day out, the same thing, because that's how you're going to glean the most productivity out of this person. And that's what you want because that's going to fill your pockets. And so Mm -hmm. these big tycoons are like, yes, yeah, do this. (laughs) And so slowly but surely the, the the creativity of man starts getting sucked out of, you know, basically the life gets sucked out of them. And what's really fascinating about the turn of the, the century, we're, we're talking like right after the 1900s when all of this stuff is really going underway, the propaganda, which, hello, that's what we're dealing with now. Mm-hmm. But the propaganda of it's if you're lazy, it's un-American. If you're unproductive, you're going against God's will. So Mm -hmm. they started really bringing in the gaslighting and the propaganda of why you needed to be a good worker and why you needed to be productive and why you needed to facilitate, um, you know, not being, quote unquote, lazy. And so it started really infiltrating our uh, everything, our cells, our brains that, you know, you can't be idle because if you're idle, then that means you're going against being American and going against God's will. And religion Perfect. was a big one. They really used religion in a, in a big way. Because you, so you, you betcha. Were. Yeah. So, and yep. then in the eighties, Motorola, uh, launched Six Sigma and Six Sigma was this uh, uh, program that they put out to try to suck out the most productivity that you possibly can out of a human being without variance and without error. So, again, they bring all this science into it. And so now all these corporations, Apple, 
Google, all these big corporations had this. IBM was another big one, and IBM, yeah. IBM and um, Ford, Chevy, big motor companies have, have Six Sigma programs. And what's fascinating is, is that it's basically trying to, um, the Six Sigma way is about how do we get a human to operate like a robot? Because the more we can get them to operate like, because that's what Sigma means is robot. How do we get them to operate like a robot so that we're not experiencing fatigue, we're not experiencing lack of productivity, and we're getting the most out of them um, so that we can uh, produce more product at a cheaper rate and make more money. So literally, we have corporations draining the life out of us. And we're signing up for it. And then, you know, we're sitting here going, huh, why am I always so tired? Why do I have all this anxiety? Why do I not feel well? You know, why am I cranky all the time? And it's like our culture has literally bred this into us. Mm-hmm. And we don't know how to putter. I mean. No. Y- 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 no. What does it mean to be idle and a lot of people fear even experimenting with such a thing god forbid if i sit still and stare at a wall there's something wrong with me right the worst is going to come out of me but what you and i were talking about before the show is that some of the greatest philosophers and the greatest minds of our time edison einstein all of these greats the greatest poets of our time they would hemingway we were talking about hemingway he would literally go out in the woods and plop a chair down and stare at a tree for eight hours a day so yep. that he could connect to the divine and come up with his greatest works. And some of the greatest poets, it would take them a decade to come up with these beautiful sonnets that are revered to this day. But what we don't realize is that it took them a decade to really, you know, orchestrate to get that aha, to tap and in, tune into that divine and get to that place of work. And so we're under the understanding of we've got to bloom 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 mm-hmm. days a year. We're not yeah. built for that, but we're groomed for that. And exactly groomed. And, you know, when you were, you know, to touch back to, you know, because the college in America obviously wasn't what it was at the turn of the century either. And what has happened is that now, if you don't supposedly have that college degree to go get your J-O-B working for one of these corporations that all you do is make them richer and and then you owe the money for the rest of your life. And, you know, I mean, now we've got the college loan debate happening in, in America. But what the average American does getting out of college and and not and, and and my whole thing about America is we've we're so far away from how we were established. I mean, I've talked about this on other episodes with other guests and 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 all about this programming and how this is you know we've been indoctrinated in in just insane ways and people don't realize it. But I mean, we are meant to be entrepreneurs. That's what our founding fathers wanted for us, is that you are meant to be that brilliant 
person who does whatever it is that you're meant to do to serve other people. But what is it that you're good at? What is your talent? What is your purpose? What is your skill set? Everybody's got something different they're really, really good at, which, of course, is what astrology and numerology can do for you, is to teach you how to work with your authentic self. But all we have been doing as a culture and a society for as many years as in decades, as they're all piling on at this point, is we are all being herded to be the same in some way, shape, or form. I mean, you know, like, quote, the American dream to me, what even is that anymore? Because I don't know many people that live it like it should be lived, I guess, in other words, you know. Well, and what's interesting is, is that after the Industrial Revolution occurred, uh, it was famously quoted many times that uh, Henry Ford, what he wanted to make sure of was that his employees made just enough to where that they would be comfortable. But most importantly, he wanted to make sure, and it was within their contracts that if they were to purchase a car, they had to purchase a Ford. He <laughs> wanted employees driving his car so that his cars were on the road. But what they did is all of the, the big employers at that time, they wanted to make sure that it was the wealthy people, they wanted to make sure that the employees had enough money to consume because if they consumed, then the, these people would get richer. And so that's where you start to see all the propaganda with all the advertisements, especially mm-hmm. to the housewives. Of, mm-hmm. You can't have only three dresses. You need to have 10 dresses. And yeah. you don't want to make your own dress. You want to go down to the store and you want to you want to buy a pre-made dress and you want yeah. to have matching shoes and pearls. And so we get the uh, invention of consumerism. That's and right. That's the biggest problem now is we've gotten in this quote unquote rat race of you know, I've got to make more money to buy more things. And it's that old Thomas Stanley quote of, you know, I've got to buy more things with money I don't have to impress people I don't like for shit that I don't need. (laughs) (laughs) And it's so true because, you know, we're, we're all, we get caught up in this cycle of I've got to make more, I've got to make more, I've got to have these things, I've got to impress my friends you know, and you're, you're trying to impress people that you really don't care about, but you know, it makes you feel better, but you're buying a bunch of crap you don't need. And then you're going in debt for it, but then that makes you have to work harder because you've got to keep up the scam. But without consumerism, we don't have an economy, right? So that's where these tycoons came up with the idea of we've got to make sure that the workers have just enough money so that they consume because if they consume, we become richer. And so then we see the uh, invention of Madison Avenue in the 50s and the 50s roll out. And that's where the ad mans came from. You know, all the ad mans from Madison uh, uh, in New York of coming up with these very clever ads to, you know, the housewives and and the gadgets that they've got to have for the, the perfect home and the perfect um, housewife has these things and a gentleman drives this car and wears these clothes. And, you know, that's where we really start to see where, um, consumerism happens. And then 
in the 80s when Reagan comes in, oh my God, the excess, you know, we've got Dynasty in Dallas and, you know, oh, yeah. cocaine and, and, you know, the furs <laughs> and the real jewels. big right there. Yeah. Like, real big programming with those shows, big time. You know, we've got these big programs with excess wealth. Yep. And I remember my stepmom. Um, oh my God, she loved Dallas and Dynasty and like she used to, you know, get her hair done and her nails done and she wanted the diamonds and the furs and the the heels and just all that excess nonsense. And it's funny when you look into the, the spiritual matter, which is what I talk about in my book is that we're lacking spiritual matter, that the other side you know people who have near-death experiences and people who can uh channel they talk about how um spirit kind of looks at us as a primitive society and, and a primitive culture of oh my gosh you children with your things like you know the things that don't matter exactly yeah we are the only planet that has things and we're so attached to our things Mm -hmm. and no other planet has things like we do. And it makes me laugh, you know, that the more, um, I don't want to say evolved, but spiritually aware, the more spiritual work I do it, it like, I, you know, I just moved, you know, I just moved, I just moved from a 1500 square foot apartment into a 600 square foot apartment. And I, like, as me and mom, my mom came to visit and help me move. But as me and mom are moving, I'm like, Oh my God, how much stuff do I have? <laughs> I, we always realize how much we have when we move. I mean, you don't think about it a lot until you move at sometimes, you know, especially uh, if you I, stay somewhere for any length of time. <laughs> what I realized is that I didn't have a lot of stuff. However, what I didn't realize is I had a lot of closets. I had a lot of cabinetry and a lot of cabinets at the old house. And so if you walked into my home, there was not a lot of furniture. So in my mind, I didn't have a lot of stuff, but then you start <laughs> boxing the closets and the cabinets and I'm yeah. like, Oh my God, I have so much stuff. And I actually got rid of oh my gosh, I got rid of so much stuff. And I still, I still had so much stuff. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like, and how many people are out there that live in these five, six, 7,000 square foot homes? Like, oh my God, how much stuff do they have? And how much of it do we really need? Like, that was a yeah really good lesson for me. And going through this, it was really what is it that I really need? Like when I get to this new place and in two months when I'm quote unquote settled, what does Amanda really need to be content and happy? And then that question is going to be different for everyone. But for me, it was food. Absolutely. Yeah. Blankies. Um, you know, my comfort things because I'm a Taurus moon. So I have to have things. That <laughs> and so those were the things that were most important. And it was, you know, my favorite couch and my favorite bed. And like, you know, it was those things that were most important to me. And I think that as we move forward, you and I have talked about this many times. It's the simplification. It's the <sighs> being able to exhale 
um, by letting go of the things that no longer serve us. And one of the benefits to, from my own story, one of the benefits to moving has been getting my expenses way down and getting to a point to where I don't have anxiety about, oh my gosh, I have to plug into the system and get this high paying job to afford just to live, you know, because housing is through the roof right now. That's right. Whether you're buying or renting, uh, rent has tripled here in Nashville, but the wages have not. Um, and, 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 and in many other places in America, this is happening. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You're- the wages have actually gone down, but everything else has gone up. Like gas yep. is up, food is up, rent, housing is up, cars are up. Everything is up, but like you bet. The, wage, the wages are going back down. And it, there's this disparity that ha- is happening in our culture. And I mean, it, it's been going on since the dawn of time, right? Like always taking advantage of the little man. And I, I think that one of the benefits one of the things that we wanted to talk about today is the frequency and the vibration. And I think that when you have an individual who is completely consumed with this rat race of I've got to work more because I need to be able to afford all of these things and pay my bills, but then they consume more. So they go into more debt or they need to make more money to afford those things. You go down a spiral and and you get sucked into the the system, the, the matrix, so to speak, very quickly and it it can feel like a trap like oh my gosh I'm never going to be able to get out of this how how do I get out of this and then you know you find yourself you're not sleeping you have constant anxiety you have digestive issues you're getting migraines your health starts to take a toll and quality of life starts to deteriorate because you're connected into a system that does not support you and now imagine, which we were also just talking about before the show, what would what would life look like for you if you only had to work 30 to 35 hours a week and you had more than enough to afford your home and some really good food and, and just the basic things that you need, but you had that extra time to really cultivate a hobby or something that you really love enjoying doing. Imagine how your anxiety would go down and, and how fulfillment would go up because you're you're filling your own cup up with something that you love. Absolutely. And if you take a society that is all stuck in the rat race of I've got to work harder, I've got to work more, I've got to go, 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 I've got to make more money, I've got to buy things I don't need, I've got to impress people I don't like, and I'm going to keep going, 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 and they're in this frenetic pace. And you stop that and you plug those people into now we're going to only work 30, 35 hours a week. And now you get to work on creative projects. Maybe it's painting, maybe it's writing, maybe it's, you know, building uh, airplanes or models or something, you know, whatever your hobby is. But suddenly enjoyment goes up. And, and I would argue that a lot of people consume because there's frenetic anxious energy that they don't know what to do with and so they drive it into things that don't matter like buying stuff but if you could take that energy and put it into something that you love now you're getting into a dynamic spiritual shift because that's what we're here to do that's what we're truly meant to do is is we're not really necessarily here to be an entrepreneur we're here to be creative we all came into this world with 
beautiful, amazing gifts. We're all individuals that have um, individual properties like no one else. It's like a thumbprint. And we're here to create. We're not here to work at a dead-end job and, you know, barely make it out alive and have a heart attack at 50 and check out. Like, that's not what we're here to do. No, no. And, you know, and, and, and that's the thing about, but even if you are the entrepreneur, you would be creating and manifesting what you're supposed to be doing. Even if you're the, the, the shoemaker in town kind of situation, or you repair the shoes, or you're the butcher, or you know what I'm trying to say. Like whatever your little your little happy skill set is that you like to do and you have perfected it, uh, and, and the journey of perfection as it always is, because perfection is just um is it is a journey. It's never the destination. But but the shift that needs to occur with that is that as soon as you get the paradigm into that, the butcher or the shoemaker or whatever, you take something that that person is very skilled at and very good at and something that they love, and it gets polluted by consumerism. It gets sure. polluted yeah. by, well, I have to charge X amount of dollars and I've got to sell so many widgets so that I can pay my rent and I can pay these things. And so now all of a sudden you get into, it's no longer something that is made of beauty and love and enjoyment. It's, I have to do this thing for, because I have to, you know, it, it turns into a, I enjoy yeah. this into a have to. Yeah. And that changes the vibration. Correct. That's what I was going to with, when you have a culture of, individuals who are doing things that they absolutely love and they're filling their own cup up with, you know, something that they enjoy doing. And it's, it, you know, it's, it goes back to that, um, adage of, you know, what would you do every day that, you know, you, you don't have to make money at, like, what is your passion? Like that yeah, kind of thing. Exactly. Yeah. If we could, if we could have that, if you can get into that flow space, mm -hmm. now you're shifting your vibration and your frequency and you're lifting yourself up. And when you've got a society that is all in that energy of love and peace and enjoyment, oh my God, that's the difference, you know, like yeah. you're on the roadway and you're experiencing road rage and you go to the grocery store and someone snaps at you or you go to work mm -hmm. and your coworkers pissy with you. It's because we're all stressed out to the max that's and we're right. unhappy. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, you, you, you bring me to a, a thought and I know I've said this on other episodes, but it bears repeating. And it was something my, my late, uh, beloved Sebastian, uh, was so wise to say who, who was a Frenchman and you know what his biggest observation about America was, is that this country works or th this country lives to work. And he said, it's not that way in Europe. I mean, granted, they have their own set of problems. We won't go there uh, down that rabbit hole either. But he says there they live, they work to live. Sorry, I'm saying it backwards. Americans live to work. And in Europe, they work to live which is basically unwinding exactly what you said. You know, it's, they have a joy over there. And I, you know, the time that I did get to go over there, uh, you know, th there's a joy that they have 
about living over there that you do not see in this country at all. I mean, there's so much more relaxed of a culture. I mean, that was, and of course, I was over there long before the pen, well, it wasn't that long before the pandemic happened, but, you know, but, but their culture is nothing like what we do here. Um, you know, and they consume and they do things too, but there's a difference in what they're doing over there than what we are accustomed to or have become accustomed to and think is the norm here, you know? Um, and I've never, I, I've never admired any of this about America. Um, I think we're a great country. We're a great nation, but we need to remember who we are and stop complying to things that aren't, you know, I, I did an episode back in the uh, earlier part of the summer about remembering the soul of a nation. And I did a, like a reading on America and this country, we are meant to be the innovators, the creators, the inventors. We are, that's what America is here to do. We're here to be all that fun, eccentric originality is part of who we are. And it's so lost in the here and the now. The vibration really, of that is gone. It's just complacent too. Yep. And we're very tolerant, which is not what works. Tolerance is a very negative energy. And this country is too tolerant at this point in time. And it needs to stop doing that. That vibration is never going to help at all. I don't know if it's so much. I mean, yes, it is tolerance, but I think that what I see it as is that nobody has any damn energy. They've lost the fight. They have no. They're, they've lost the fight. There, that that's a brilliant point. Brilliant, and right there. It, it's complacency. It's just, I really, I think that a lot of people are like, I hate this job. I really don't want this job, but I need the money because my rent has gone through the roof, and I've got to pay my bills, and I've got a kid to feed, and so. I'm just going to keep putting up with it. it it's, it, I, yes, it's tolerance, but it, it, people are worn down. They're beaten up. Um, they've lost that creativity within them because, it, you know, it's such a cliche, but the man has beaten them down. That's and right. So, and it has gotten so hard. I have a friend of mine who is opening up a store just down the road from me. I mean, it's almost within walking distance of where my new house is. And she's like, you know, I would love it if you would come here and like you could rent out one of the rooms and, and you could get back into design and, and really start pushing the feng shui again. And like all I hear coming out of her mouth is exhaustion, fatigue, and energy <laughs> that I don't have. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Because it's not the art of puttering. <laughs> I don't have the fight in me anymore. I don't have the energy that I had in my 20s and 30s. And I don't have the hustle, that whole hustle culture. And it's really interesting because um, I was laid off over the summer. And so I've been looking at the job boards and the words that they use in there of, you know, highly organized, highly productive, hustle uh, energy. We want a fighter. We want to, you know um ambitious attitude like the adjectives that they're using it's in these in these descriptions and i mean i've been looking at some pretty bonehead jobs like i'm not looking at the six figure corporate which is 
given my experience where I should be looking like Mm -hmm. the old paradigm is, Oh, I've got 25 years of experience and I should be looking at those high paying, high powered, but I see the words that they're using in these descriptions. And I'm just like, eh, I do not want to do that. But what's interesting is, is that the little piddly entry level jobs are using a lot of those same words of we want you to be highly organized. We want you to be, um, they want you to have really great communication skills and interpersonal skills. And they want you to have a bachelor's degree. And it's like, it pays 15 bucks an hour and they want you to have a high education. And I'm like, what the hell has happened to this country? Mm-hmm. Like that, And so I'm reading these and I'm getting exhausted just reading these job posts. And I'm like, what happened to like just the nice little job where I, you know, there was actually a, um, and I, I, I should have applied and I didn't because I didn't like the hours, but there was actually a, a local pharmacy that was hiring. They wanted someone to fill orders and it was um, for a, a prison that is in like another area of the state. I think it's like three hours from here, but no one will give this prison prescriptions. And so this local pharmacy was like, you know, we'll provide that. But it was like, come in, fill prescriptions, throw them in the mail. You're done with your job. And I'm like, I could do that. (laughs) You know, and like, that's another thing is I feel like a big shift for me personally really started occurring after 2012, but especially after the pandemic is that. I can no longer do trivial jobs. I can never get back into the hustle culture of go, 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 working 80 hours a week, you know, working seven days a week, being on and available all the time, which most employers now, you know, expect. Yeah. Um, But because you own the device that allows them to stay tethered to you on that 24 seven expectation, you know, because you don't get back to them or respond in what they consider a timely manner. It's like one strike, you know, exactly really ugly. But what I'm finding is that especially after the pandemic, like I, I just, I don't have the fight in me anymore. I can't subscribe to this culture that we've created of being on all, all the time and available all the time. And, and like, um, I want to do something of purpose. I can no longer subscribe to a trivial job where I'm going in and I'm, I'm helping push a widget that some consumer has to buy. And it's like, that was one of the things that I liked about the pharmacy is that, Yes, a lot of people are going to listen to this and go, oh, my gosh, how dare you? You can't, you know, that's a prison. They deserve to be and whatever their opinions are. But the fact that this pharmacy stepped up and said, you know what? No one is is providing um, health care to this facility. We will do it. That to me was a good cause, a good purpose. There was another right. one, um, a local behavioral therapist um, has been working with a lot of children um, ages from, I think it was 12 to 18 with mental health issues, ADH issues, eating disorders, that sort of thing, which God, I cannot imagine being a kid today with all this social media, Mm. but it was a job where it was just in the afternoons, but 
going in and just talking to these kids, just talking to them. Like you didn't have to have any major therapy background or anything like that. Just like giving the kids an ear. And I thought, Ooh, I could do that too. I didn't know if I could mentally handle it over a long course of time, but I'm finding that I'm getting more attracted to things where I'm helping humanity as a whole and wanting to give back in a bigger way. And, and I can't subscribe to, I'm going to go work for this company to make a widget to, you know, uh, that is going to harm society or cause people to spend a lot of money. Or I'm really wanting now to do things that are giving back and are, are, going to help in a bigger way or change someone's life in a bigger way. And I feel like that to me is spiritual evolution and awareness and growth. Like that's what the pandemic should have done. It should have been a reset button for a lot of people where they go, huh, I'm working 80 hours a week and I'm not really happy and I'm super anxious and I keep flipping people off in traffic. I'm pretty (laughs) cranky. Maybe I should do something different. Well, and you know, that that's the thing right there about the year before the pandemic showed up. I, you know, I always, you know how I've always themed out every universal year. I've been doing that for quite some time now. And, and it, the year prior to 2020 in, 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 uh, in 19 was about being reachable and being teachable because it was a year of allowing ourselves if we could step back and if we don't we didn't like the results we were getting well we can't be the the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again expecting something different to happen and i think because we're so you know and aside from whatever universal gear it, it it currently is we're all part of a system that You've been given a device that all came out, you know, around the late, late, when, when did all those smartphones come out about the middle of, of the two, two, the, the, the single digit years is when we got hold of those. The iPhone came out in 07. It was 07, right. So now we live our lives. And if we could all even go back, those of us who are, you know, obviously not, you know, we, we are, quote, mature enough to remember our life prior to all of this stuff is now you have a, a, you know, you have this thing in your hand at all times. Well, it shouldn't be in your hand at all times, but most people have it in their freaking hand at all times. And it is shortened your attention span. It, you have, it is part of why we have the anxiety. It is part of why, plus to replace them at this point costs you another arm and a leg. I mean, you know what I'm saying? I have, I, I'm on like, I don't know how many of them I'm on at this point because they don't last that long either. And it, it's just this very wicked system that you either figure out how to be discerning about what that thing is. You know, I had always said, once I got used to these things, uh, you know, I was like, God, we, we, we need like an etiquette course on how to use these in public. <laughs> I mean, what I see people do with these phones in public, it, it, it marvels me, let alone what they're doing with them in their car and, and they're driving, a, a, you know, a very heavy vehicle. And, you know, I mean, it's just, there's no accountability. And 
you know, you and I were also talking at another time about, you know, this this universal year is where we are being asked to step back and be discerning about where we've gotten and how how in the hell is that working out for you? And going back to the definition of insanity, if you keep doing the same thing over and over again, expecting something different to happen, well, that's all you're doing. And you're not letting your experience change because you're not giving yourself the art of puttering time. And something's like, we're going to have to do it. Well, I mean, it's people need to have to be accountable to step back. That's going to have to be up to the individual moving forward in order to change anything. You know, Yeah, and it I mean, at the end of the day, it's a choice. And I talk about this in my book as well, is that it's a choice. You have to decide what is important to you. And the problem with our culture as a whole is that for those that are not, which you and I are so oversensory, I am, you know, I have been intuitive my whole life, but one of my stronger skills is that I feel stuff. Like I feel everything and so I tend to know things and I don't know why I know things and I tend to pick up on things and I don't know where it comes from but you know the the biggest travesty for society sadly to say is that the best benefit would be for Sharita and I to go out into society and you guys could just suck the loving energy off of us and that's a big part of our purpose and you know what Sharita and I do we don't leave the house like I never leave the house (laughs) I I am home all the time and I it, it is my safe space it is my happy place because I don't have to like I go to the grocery store and I, you know, it's a lot. And, you know, a lot of other people will be like, Oh, you just got to put protection up and you've got to do this and you've got, and it, it no, it, it, that's not the way that it works. Like um, I've, I've been this way my whole life and, you know, I've tried everything that I've been taught and even in meditation, what I've learned. And like, at this point it's um, a lot of those tools and things are not working. The, the, the paradigms and the timelines are, are shifting dramatically and very very quickly and so um yes and i like not to interrupt you but you you really just hit a very poignant thing that i i talk i have been repeatedly you know saying to people is you know some of these like quote energy hacks and tricks and all this stuff that people think oh well you can just meditate your way out of all of this and everything is just gonna go away and and um there's a quote that i had been uh sharing about that that is just spiritualism and escapist clothing and it it doesn't work anymore and it doesn't work in this frequency and the vibration that we're heading into um and you you know you talked a lot about uh we had in previous conversation about what it will take especially as we're moving into 2024 after we've had this, you know, infamous year of stepping back in the year of stillness and the silent listen and try to get our discernment hat on what we're going to need to be accountable to in 2024 is going to need that kind of frequency and vibration of this quote art of puttering and, and then some. Well, and you spoke about 2019 and, and like, I, I remember, you know, Shereen and I have known each other for many, many years. And, and I remember that year, you know, our economy wasn't 
crazy and, and off kilter and, and things were still somewhat normal. And I took most of 2019 off. I was only working maybe 30 hours a week. And I spent the majority of that year, um, I was doing yoga about three hours a day. And I spent most of that year in meditation, which is how, hello, the, you know, feng shui for the soul came about because I channeled right. a lot of that book. Yeah. And that right there is the art of puttering. Like that is what manifests when you give your nervous system the opportunity to come to rest. And the the issue between 2019 and 2023 and beyond is that the energy and where our world was in 2019 was an entirely different timeline and an entirely different uh, paradigm the energy has shifted dramatically and we're still trying to live in the old way. We're still trying to create that quote unquote back to normal when that reality no longer exists. It doesn't exist. I have repeated that multiple times in these past three years. You cannot, it's, it's like the song, uh, uh, the Fleetwood Mac song that Lindsay, uh, the, the great guitar picking song. It's, we're never going back again. Yeah. It's that paradigm, that timeline is gone. Yes. But for the culture as a whole, not everybody, but a, a large mass of people are trying to really look back in the rearview mirror and bring that forward. And it, it, it's not, we need to be looking forward. And yep. the problem is, is that the energy of 2019 is if we look at brain waves, we look at the alpha state and the alpha state is where we want to be. And up until 2019, we've pretty much been in beta, which is the most frenetic brainwave that we can be in. It's the unfocused, distracted, disconnected, like completely altered, fragmented. I'm a multitasker when you ain't accomplishing anything. <laughs> Mindset. Jack of all trades and master of none. None. And so... <laughs> We're frenetic and we're broken and they have done so many tests and um, they have studied this so much where the quote unquote multitasker is so unfocused that they miss details. And it's funny because like, you know, earlier this year I was trying to buy a house and every single time either agent would put together a deal, I would find like five mistakes in the contract. And both of them kept saying like, oh my God, Amanda, nobody notices these things. <laughs> well, you know, I have a, a huge attention to detail, but we spend so much time in beta frequency as a culture that we are disjointed, disconnected, and we're frenetic. Our energy is so fragmented that we cannot focus, we cannot tap in, tune in, and we can't bring our nervous system to rest. AKA, that's why we're experiencing so much anxiety, so much unrest. We can't sleep. Um, we're, you know, we can't breathe. We can't get our stuff together and we can't figure out why. Mm -hmm. And so when you're in a constant state of beta, your vibration is so jacked up that it's very hard for you, number one, to manifest anything, but it's also very 
it, it, I'm going to say it's impossible to connect to the divine in any way, shape or form. So imagine that you're picking up one of those old rotary phones. If a millennial is listening to this, they're going to be like, what the hell is that? <laughs> but you're picking up an old rotary phone. It's the phone. grandparent of your cell phone. <laughs> yeah. And it's not connect. Well, you know what? We'll say this, uh, a vacuum. You're vacuuming your room and it's not plugged into the wall. And you're like, why the hell isn't this thing like vacuuming my floor? No, well, <laughs> it's not plugged in. Uh-huh. And so in order to get into that state, you have to be in what's called alpha. And the Silva mind control, which started in the 70s, which it's no longer allowed to be called Silva mind control. It's now the Silva method. They start you off with being in alpha. Like they don't even get into theta and delta because the average person cannot even get to those states without, you know, falling asleep. But if we could just get you in alpha, now you're starting to get in what's called coherence, where your heart and your mind are connecting. And when you can get into alpha, now you're starting to increase your vibration which now allows your frequency to rise. Mm-hmm. And now you're starting to tap into the divine where you get into the creative state. So that is why we need to putter. That's why we need to be able to allow ourselves to come to rest and be idle. It is perfectly okay to sit on your couch and stare at a wall. It is perfectly okay to go to a park and stare at a tree. In fact, the more idle time that you can have to bring your nervous system to rest, the more creative and adjusted you're going to be and happiness. You're going to find that you're not as fatigued. You're going to sleep better. You're going to have a higher happiness and joy factor. You're going to feel better. Mm -hmm. And that's why you want to really focus on how am I feeling today? If I'm feeling frenetic and anxious, then you've got to figure out what it, the it factor is for you. And you and I always say silence, puttering, and, yeah. you know, doing nothing is the answer to that, to raise your vibration. Yep. And, you know, I, I had put together, even if, like most of you know what the uh, spell out the truth lexigrams are and it's taking any word name or a title and and we're gonna play a little anagram game and phrase the anagrams that you can get and see what we can phrase and spell out the truth as as it seems to work out and the, the very word putter spells and i'll keep it as simple as this true you when you're in the art or the space of just being in in the putter it's true when we're puttering (laughs) action (laughs) the action or non-action of puttering if we're idle especially but i i put it in true tune comes out of puttering and then when we take the infamous as we've we've come up with this coining of the art of puttering in a pure nature, right, our heart in no pain, in the freeing up of earner interrupt. Forget great rage, anger, that trap in no game. After I free up in a parting gift of no grift or hurt, the heart truth I hear, it free up fate to unite the earth in one true 
putter, the art of puttering. <laughs> that pretty much says it right there, right? <laughs> so that's the point of this show is to give people permission. Stop feeling guilty. Stop feeling like you have to fill your day with 500 things. Stop feeling like you have to be constantly productive and blooming all the time. That's Give right. yourself this opportunity to take a step back, especially as we go into this year, because the only way you're going to be able to discern and have any good judgment in any sense of the imagination is if you can focus. That's right. And, and recognize how much our focus by design has been taken away from us because they don't want you to have the focus to be they don't want you to have the discernment and they, because it done? doesn't allow you to be discerning exactly it, it has canceled discernment which is why humanity's in this pickle right now and uh once we turn our discernment back on we're going to be in a much better place and that requires getting your frequency and your vibration up yeah. And the only way you're going to be able to do that is to get yourself into that alpha brain state. And you can only do that by being idle. You can only do that by puttering and not feeling like you have to go, go, go. Like literally wake up one day and have nothing to do. Yes. Nothing. And, and give you're be able to get into that state of la la land really i mean that's where you want to be because that's where the insight comes from that's where you're like oh my gosh this is a great idea oh my gosh you know yeah those creative ideas start coming through and you know that's how the greats came up with it that's how hemingway wrote some of his best pieces that's how some of the greatest philosophers and poets came up with their beautiful sonnets and um books that they wrote like you know they weren't out going, going, going on their phones and filling their day with 35 things to do. <laughs> no, no, they were not. <laughs> <laughs> they surely were not doing that. Oh, God. Imagine a society where all of us were getting our vibration up and, and slowing down and, and taking more time to putter and how much happier and joyful we would be. Like, you talk about the collective consciousness and how we're all one. Like, isn't it, uh, I think it was Tesla that said, you know, if uh, science would focus on just the, the uh, practice of energy and understanding frequency, the yep. world would change dramatically in a decade. I would argue that it would change dramatically in one year. Oh, it would. And, and that's interesting. That's, that's, that, that's a topic for a, another episode is, is his understanding of, of what the three, six, and the nine is. And he says, if you, Tesla... And, 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 and we're not talking about what Musk is doing with Tesla, the company. We're talking about Nikola Tesla, by the way, just to clarify that for anybody listening as well, because that's the real deal, Nikola Tesla. And if, if you understand what he understood, well, first of all, we wouldn't even be paying an electric bill, but that's where Edison came in. <laughs> if you know how that worked, right? So um, that right there is the, the beauty of coming in with your gifts and your talents and trying to sh share it in a collective manner. And you've got the, uh, consumerism, the tie, the tycoon coming in and going, how can we profit off of this? Yeah. That was what happened with Tesla. They, and, and from how it, I was always understood and the research I've done with him is 
Um, uh, you know, that little accident he had in the cab in, in New York City, we don't know how much of an accident that actually was, but I find it even more interesting that all these photographers took pictures of him at the wake in, in his, you know, his service, and none of the pictures developed, not one of them. <laughs> that man had some energy, uh, but his ideas were well ahead of his time. And um, even though there's a lot of things that we're still utilizing that were his, but um, yeah, that's going to be a, a, another topic for another day um, that I know uh, many of my listeners were, were interested in. So Amanda, this has been, as always, as it is with you, uh, you're just a... Well, you're just a pleasure to listen to, number one, and and um, thank you so much for uh, taking the time to be with us and and share that with us in these times where, you know, hey, let's get into this art of puttering, and, and we're going to get somewhere uh, much faster. Where can people find you? I'm going to have, you know, we'll, we'll, of course, people will have the go-to link for uh, today, but just tell us where people can get a hold of you, and if they're interested in Feng Shui, where they can buy your beautiful and lovely book. Uh, yeah, I'm not really on social media anymore, but you can uh, go to my website, which is gatesinteriordesign.com, and then, of course, Feng Shui for the Soul, How to Achieve More Ohm from Your Home, you can buy on Amazon. Just go to Amazon and buy it. And, um, you know, I, I would say that that's probably the the best gift that you can give to yourself is if you're really trying to get your vibration up, all of the things that Sharita and I talked about today, um, I go in extensively uh, just about all the different things that you can do to really recapture and regain um, your true you and, and who you truly are. And it, I mean, it, it's all rooted in puttering and, and how to um, regain the silence between the notes. Yeah. Well, that was beautifully stated. And on that note, once again, thank you so much for being uh, with us today, Amanda. And uh, we're going to continue this conversation because I think there's, there's more things to add in and, and, um, We'll have you back before the end of the year. Uh, as uh, and we're going to do this outside of a Mercury retrograde. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much again. And as always. Thank you so much for being here and taking another silent listen to the Sharita Star Empower Hour. Be sure to connect with the go-to link for today's episode to dive even deeper and to raise your consciousness with the spiritual wisdom of Feng Shui for the soul and how you can work with Amanda to level up both you and your home's frequency and vibration. Equally, with great advanced gratitude, please kindly share this podcast if it resonates with you to do so. We'll be back on October 6th with more Consciousness Conversation to keep you fully empowered and ultimately aware. As the Need to Know Fall 2023 Energy Update will be keen guidance to navigate the remainder of the year. This is Sharita Starr from Mind Body Spirit FM signing off for today's message to never compromise living consciously. Take good care of each other and namaste, dear stars.
I'm Dr. Mona Lisa, and I've been a medical intuitive for over 30 years. Let me help you find new ways to heal physical and emotional problems. Be a part of my Healthy Living Intuitively podcast studio audience every week. Follow me on Facebook, Dr. Mona Lisa fan page, and Instagram, Dr. Mona Lisa One, to get that information. I answer audience questions, and you can learn from people calling in that might be dealing with the same things that you are. Follow Healthy Living Intuitively, part of the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network, and wherever you get your podcasts.